Part one. It was soft, damp, but soft. It was a comfort. The small plush kodo smiling back up at the calf with stitches in its eyes and flowers on its head. Another peal of thunder sounded through the night as she squealed in fear, hiding under the blanket covering the cart her parents had. Her tail trembled nervously as her head poked out from under the fabric, staring up at the night sky as rain wet her nose. Shh, it's okay, Pippa. Her mother soothed, sitting nearby in the cart as her father calmed the kodo strapped onto their belongings. We're both here. It won't get you. Pippa knew better. Lightning was sure to come. She knew of it. Moving everything her father had to Feralus was scary, not only for her, but for the kodo drawing the cart they had. It grunted under the heavy rain, steeping with such force as if to drive it away and bring back sunnier days. Her mother's shushing helped calm her down, hugging her toy close to her small, frail body. Peppa needed to be home in Feralus again. She grew weaker. More frightened, her mother could see her breathing pulse through her stomach to her chest. It was never a welcoming sight. Atsila had tried as much as she could to keep her daughter well, but even the chill of morning threw her daughter into a trembling mess, to the point of where she needed a blanket nearby at all times. She bowed her head for a short moment, listening to the rain's answers to her prayers to the Earth Mother. Why must her daughter suffer harsh sickness? She had been the blessing she had wanted, needed in her and her mate's life, of course. But she was gifted a sickly, near-death calf that she feared for each day. Each day, she either stayed the same or had a fleeting moment of laughter before fever took over her small body. Kana, Pippa croaked from under the blanket. She couldn't say her chiz yet. Yes. Rustling from under the blanket was heard against the rain. As the calf made her way to Atsila, she wanted to be held, judging her violent shivering and her soft sneeze. Atsila lifted her daughter up and held her close, her frame fitting perfectly against her chest. "Is she all right?" asked a low voice from the front. "She is cold. Where have we passed the mountains?" "Almost," he reassured. "I'm sorry I couldn't come sooner. You didn't need to come to Stone Town to help. You have Pippa to take care of." She needs healing as soon as we get home. I know, Atsila sighed. We missed you, though. A soft chuffle was heard from the bull, countering the cold winds that touched his face with hot vapor. I know. A few moments passed until verdant trees came into view, earning a soft cheer from him. We're almost home. Just a little longer. Does she need? If you have it, I ran out before we got through Stone Talon. He sighs in frustration. Though he sounded upset, there was a worrying tone hidden beneath. She has to hold on. Has she fainted? A pause. No, she's still here. Atsila brushed a hand over Pippa's head, with who whimpered a broken high moo. She's burning. Can we go faster? He nodded, patting the kodo's flank. Hup, he demanded friendly, watching the kodo speed up his steps. Hang on tight, Pippa. We're almost there. A few more moments of tense silence came after the exchange until Atsila, in a panic whisper, spoke up. She's lolling her head back. She's fighting it. The bull patted the kodo's flank again. Hup. They started barreling down the path, turning sharply towards the path leading to Mahache. Get ready, he warned Atsila. 
Once the cart had slowed, Atila jumped out with her daughter in her arms, pulling the blanket close to her small frame before dashing into their home. Retrieving a poultice, Atila grinded furiously at a mixture of herbs, wheat, and ivy, adding water to it and mixing everything together so it blended into a tan color. She poured the solution into a bottle and immediately gave it to her daughter, who nursed on it with such force that it seemed like it was her lifeline. Soon, she slowed, and her eyes grew heavy before she stopped sucking on the bottle and fell asleep. She stopped shivering, leading Etzila to exile a sigh of relief. She collapsed onto her knees, holding the calf tightly and rocking her as she put the half-empty bottle down. Her mate came running in soon after, getting on his knees and holding them both. Counting kodos, he whispered, brushing away Pippa's wet hair with a finger softly so as not to disturb her. Etzila nodded slowly. Takor, I... Why her? she asked, leaning into her mate's embrace. He squeezed her gently, giving her a kiss on her temple. I don't know. Maybe he tried thinking of an answer, but nothing came into fruition. He gently took the sleeping calf against him now, her body barely filling both of his arms. She was underweight, to the point where her bones were just barely visible beneath her fur. Residual shakes ripped through her body, causing Decor to hold her closer and kiss her head. Rest, Pippa. Rest. Calm. He continued until her shaking had quelled again, keeping her warm by rubbing her arms and legs gently with a hand. She's so small. Too small. By ten months, she should be bigger, he sighed, kissing the tip of his daughter's nose and nuzzling her cold cheek. We need to speak with the healer. And soon, now that we are here, we should do so tomorrow, or at least this week. Atsila nodded in agreement, anything to help her. After five years of trying, they had to keep her fighting, no matter what it took.